What's up, everybody? I'm back. This is the Duchess of Dub City. Little name change, but it's still me, unfiltered. Did you guys miss me? Did you even notice I was gone for a little while? Well, everything that I've been working on is done for now. Uh, I ran a campaign to run for city council of the fourth ward here in Dubuque. And it's been an interesting ride. Let's talk about it. So I knew in the summer that I was going to run for city council and I didn't say anything until we could formally say, which was around December 3rd of uh, 21. And it's been a roller coaster ride. It's been a lot of tears, a lot of me saying, I can't do this. A lot of me saying I quit, but I stuck it out and I made it past the primary. So I beat five other candidates for a face-off between myself and this very, very wealthy man in town that controls everything, his daughter. And the whole time I kept saying, hey, she doesn't really want this. She has nothing. She has no no context to anything other than her working as a, a nurse practitioner. But daddy wanted it. So we got down to the election and I closed the gap big time. Uh, I lost the election by 100 votes and I started the conversation out here about racial issues and racial biases and how our city government is actually treating the citizens of Dubuque. I'm not going to stop there. I will still be working in the community. I will still be here for people to email me or call me since they publicized my number. And you know, we'll, we'll talk more about what happened behind the scenes as we go on and you know subsequent podcasts for now though is you know i've had some some health issues and ended up in the hospital i had covid back in december and i was sick for a month uh, so the, you know running the campaign it's been difficult it's something to be proud of but i did the whole thing as i was sick which means that kind of put me behind because I had a crew that kind of didn't do anything until more members joined us at the after the primary. So that was a, a big boost. Going forward, I will definitely have different people working with me. And there's some things I would change. Not what I said, but some things I would change. But like I said, more about the whole campaign and the actual process of running in the coming podcast. What I want to talk about is the racial undertones and other things that are happening as far as people in Dubuque. And my concern with everything was always having no support with the Black community. And that's pretty much what happened, which was really interesting because I spoke in a performance about a week or so ago. And, you know, I was sitting next to a person that was saying, you know, the community comes together, we do this, we do that. Of course, right away, I did raise my hand and say, well, I'm running for city council and I have zero black support. There is no black support in the community for any other person that looks like me. Why 
that people in the community continue to say there is, is beyond me. There's more people that are trying to sell people on this MLM bullcrap. They can show you how to make money. They can do this, that, and the other. I'm starting to question all of that. Well, I already questioned that because it's a crock of shit. But I'm also questioning how some of these people are doing this and they're claiming they're making all this money, yet they're still utilizing housing vouchers and you know claiming to have multiple sources of income, which means to me that there's some underhanded stuff going on. So I'll find out and I'll put it out there. And, you know, I have a cousin that thinks I'm a sellout and and I'm thinking you were never sold in in the first place. So I'm good with that. Not sold in with me anyway. So, you know, if, if talking about doing the right thing is a sellout, then that's okay. Wrong is wrong. There are people that actually really need those services that are being denied or stuck on a waiting list because somebody that has multiple streams of income is utilizing a voucher or they come here, stay for a year and then go back to where they prior prior lived. And now they've taken a voucher from somebody else so they can take it someplace else. That's not right either. Anyway, I digress. We're gonna get into that later as well. But talking about the racial implications out here of running for a city council seat in a majority white town. Uh, I didn't receive the pushback I thought I would receive within the community. I actually found a lot of allies. The white community has been very good to me, has been very gracious to me, and they've expressed their, their thanks and gratitude for me standing up and speaking out. Uh, That is a group I am more comfortable with. And I I really appreciate it, all the support I did get. However, I will say if the black community would have come out, if they would have voted, I probably would have won the election. So I would continue to serve them. I will continue to work in the community However, when I start hearing complaining about the things that are happening, all I can say is, you could have voted. That's all I can say. You could have voted and had your voice heard. So now our city council still does not represent what the fourth ward looks like. And right now, there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, I will work with the winner as much as I can without giving up my ideas as far as what I see going forward. I kept saying I wanted to bridge the gap and I started bridging that gap. I started bringing people together uh, without the seat. So I'm I'm very proud of that. And, you know, friends from a different state that supported me. I had a couple of cousins that supported me with donations and I really, really appreciate that. I can't get past the racial tones. I, I just can't. And I remember saying, this is the most racist city I have ever lived in. Not that this is the most racist city. I'm sure there's worse, but this is the one I live in currently. And I stand by that. I honestly stand by that statement. This town is stuck in 1950s 
ideology. I'm not sure how they never progressed, but then at the same time, I know how they didn't progress. They chose not to. And when the orange piece of garbage was in office, he made it in vogue again to be racist pricks. So how do we combat that in 2022 and going forward? I'm not exactly sure we can. We can work with one person at a time and we can get them to see their biases. That's the hard part is getting them to admit their biases in the way that they think. And sometimes it's even in things that they say to me, and I'm, I might point something out and say, you know, that could be considered a racist statement. And they, of course, don't understand. So the way I put it is if I come to your house after you have just cleaned your house, I walk in the door and say, hey, can I help you pick up some things around here? You would be highly, highly offended. And I understand that. Well, that's what I did out here in Dubuque. I came into a new home, I saw an issue, and I said, hey, let me help you clean a little bit or pick up a little bit. So I stepped on a lot of toes, uh, even within my own campaign, I stepped on some toes. But, you know, it's interesting when other people try to control your narrative or want you to say things a certain way. And, and to me, that's basically saying, you know, I want you to say something because I'm not comfortable or because I might offend somebody. Oddly enough, it's okay to offend me. Let me repeat that. It's okay to offend me. But if I say something back and I say it a certain way, I might offend somebody. So people are starting to get it now, some people, but they're also learning that I will say what I want to say and how I want to say it. That's how people know me. Why would I change anything? If anything, I would be more intentional, more direct. Yes, some people will get turned off. I get that. You're not for me anyway then. I'm not going to win over everybody, and I'm okay with that as well. But my message will be heard loud and clear. Now imagine, I had the support of the fire department, but their executive board supported the other candidate. What if they would have all come out and voted for me? We're not going to know. What we will know is that I'm still in the community. I'm still working with the community. I'm not going to change. I shouldn't have to change. Raise your standards, people. Raise your freaking standards. Even within the black community, raise your standards. Stop being complacent with the way city government treats you. Do you like living in places that look run down? Do you like your shops that have mold in them and crack ceilings and everything else? You don't say anything. I'm just going to assume that you like it. But what happens when gentrification starts? I've been talking about it for a year. And it's wrong of me to say, I get it. 
but I'm hoping they start this spring so I can sit there and take pictures. And all I will say is, I told you so. There is nothing I can do. Your voices will not be heard. And I'm actually okay with that. Because you could have done different. You could have done better. But you chose to stay complacent. I'm going to leave you where I found you. Flyovers. And going forward, that's just how I'm going to have to be. I don't hang out with a lot of people. My circle is very small. And it will stay very small. I trust very few. I'm good with that as well. People I've known for 40 plus years, I don't trust all of them. I had two best friends that drive me up a freaking wall because they are the least supportive people, at least to me they are. So yeah, you know, that's an everyday thing I deal with. They're the most opinionated, non-supporting people. So here, you have to have your information public. So in the paper, they put your name, your address, and your phone number. Interestingly enough, to check out a court document out here, which is public information, they want you to pay a $25 a month subscription fee. And you can look up X amount of dockets per month. So you're paying $25, and I do believe... I'm not sure if they go monthly or you have to decide how many months you want to go and then you just pay for that. So public record, they make you pay for. Private information, they put in the newspaper. Somehow that seems a little backwards. So when you you announce your candidacy and you get your paperwork submitted, I'm not understanding why the person needs to, or the the public, why they need to know your address and your phone number. With the court, I'm not understanding why you have to pay for information that is supposed to be public information. And is that even legal? Well, they've been doing it for so long, I'm sure nobody else has complained about it because they probably don't know that in other states, you can get the same information for free. So that's another thing. You know, here the communities don't know a lot of their rights, they've been spoon-fed for so long and they're okay with that. The newspaper here is garbage. Use it to line your little box with. It is hot garbage. They have taken their First Amendment rights and they have basically just made the, the statement that they are supporting a candidate whom lacks substance, that is their opinion, that is in their editorial. But a candidate that comes forth with the community's issues is not based in fact. Oh, and they had to tell everybody every single time, several times, I'm a black candidate and I'm on disability. I'm not sure why that made a difference, but they could have at least said why I'm on disability. Instead, they made me look like an angry black woman that's poor. I'm not poor. Not at all. But this is how they made me look. And then the the executive editor decided to say, well, I think we've given you the same amount of uh, coverage. I call shit. Not only shit, I call bullshit. Because they printed 
most of the letters in support from my opponent. They chose, you know, over which ones they would publish from my supporters. So there were about six letters that never got published. But at least the ones they did publish called them out on their blatant racism and said how inappropriate they were because they touted my opponent's accomplishments. She has no experience working in any type of government. And that's fine and dandy. But they failed to say anything that I've accomplished. Which is, you know, okay, she has a medical practice. She's not a doctor, but she has a medical practice. I've lived so much life. Well, okay, I'm 10 years older. But I have seen and done so many more things than my opponent has. I, I didn't grow up in a bubble. And they chose to not put any of that in the paper. And I've been publicizing different things, different parts of the uh, editorials that they have published out there. And I've had people telling me, you know, this is horseshit. Well, that's why I said, use the paper to line your litter box. Journalistic integrity does not exist out here. Basically comes down to whatever the city government tells you to publish is what you're going to publish. You're not going to make them look bad. They published an article about the fire department and the discrimination suits against them. Very detailed, in-depth article. Then turned around and patted themselves on the back for the article. This is our opinion. We did a great job. What about the rest of the shit they get wrong or half stories they print? Young lady reporting for the election was sitting right in front of me at the last forum and came up with something totally different than what really happened. Don't know what the fuck she was listening to, but this is the kind of racial bullshit that I've been getting. Dog whistles every time they wrote about me. You know, one one letter they had that their editorial mentioned, I think, two or three times in the same thing that I'm the black candidate. So the dog whistles were definitely there. And people spoke up. The people spoke up. Not the black people, but my white allies spoke up. I will forever be grateful for my white allies. And if you've never, ever been here to Dubuque or you've never lived here, you would see how hard it is. It's unnecessarily hard. It's done by design. But the whole time their media voices are saying, we want more diversity. We want to include everybody. They don't, they don't. They jump through hoops to make sure that that doesn't happen. However, they win these awards for diversity. We have one token, one freaking token that's slapping their asses against the city government. This person isn't even recognized in the black community other than being a nuisance. I had one person that was supposed to work with me and this bitch decided two days after she said yes, started telling a bunch of lies about me. And it bothered me at first until I started talking with people that actually do work for the city to find out that she does this on the regular. And it's a penchant for women, particularly black women. In her mind, she thinks it should be her. 
reality is people don't even want to deal with her. And I started calling out her name. My name, you know, I was told it was going to get worse. And every time I've seen this person, they haven't said anything. So I called out her name, Lynn Sutton. I will continue to call out her name. Did I say it was Lynn Sutton? Folks, going forward, I'm going to tell you some stories and you're just not going to believe it. But believe me, when I tell you that Dubuque is fucked up in more ways than one, and there's a lot of hidden things happening out here, they're going to be interesting stories. I'm just going to start saying the quiet part out loud. Not everybody here is racist. There's a lot, a lot of great people here, and Dubuque is a beautiful city. However, when you're steeped in racism and it's coming from your city government, it's kind of hard. It's like, you know, the fish rots from the head. Our mayor is trying. I am friends with him. Good guy. However, there's somebody else that kind of controls everything. And it's interesting how the systems do everybody. Unless you have, you know, affluence. So, you know, going forward, let's take a look and dive into some things that are quiet that will no longer be quiet. And, you know, we'll check it out. In the meantime, this one's going to be a short one because I'm just getting back into it and I have to retrain my vocal cords because I have a lot of vocal cord damage. But you will definitely hear things going forward. In the meantime, if you get the Telegraph Herald, Lord, 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 use it as kitty litter. And remember, everybody has the same exact First Amendment rights. It's how you choose to express those rights. That's up to you. But they cannot do anything to you. You have the same rights to do and write like they do. You can write in subtle tones. That's what they did. That protects them. Well, I have the right to call it out because it was my name that they were attempting to slander. So out here, whatever happens, I know, you know if something ends up in court, I know it's not going to go my way because that's how the system is out here. They go for the, the ones that they can control and they can't control me. So folks, all I can tell you, stay tuned because it will be good. Until next time, I am the Duchess of Dub City. Check out the radio show on Fridays. I do believe we're getting started again next week. I'm not sure. But check out Get Lit Combos. We're actually really good on the radio. Till next week, you all have a great weekend. 